a short reading this morning from Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 6. And it's on page 1092 in the church Bible, if you want to follow it there. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the dates or times the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. When they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, Matt. Um, let's just pray as we, uh, <clears throat> we dwell on God's word. Father God, will you speak to us through your word? Holy Spirit, will you um, help us to apply it to our lives? We ask this in the name of Jesus, the living word. Amen. I don't know about you, when we're singing that song, uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Isn't that a good song? Uh, it's part kind of telling off, isn't it, and part encouragement. Because uh, <laughs> it's saying, why didn't you pray? You know, when you're troubled, pray. But it's also encouragement, isn't it? Because we know what's, we know what's right, don't we? We know it's good to come to God with, with our troubles, with our joys, and just take them to God. Anyway, today, as Helen reminded us, is Ascension Sunday. It's the seventh Sunday of the season of Easter. So I'll just remind you that over the last seven weeks, we've been looking at um, the gospel accounts of, of Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus, appearing to his disciples. So if we cast our minds back, we, we thought about uh, Mary coming to the tomb and uh, Jesus appearing and she thought he was, he was the gardener and he said, Mary, and she suddenly realised who he was. We, uh, I can't remember because I wasn't here every week, but uh, hopefully we, we looked at Jesus appearing to the disciples in a locked room. We also looked at Jesus coming alongside two disciples as they were walking to the village of Emmaus. And again, they didn't know who he was until he, uh, he kind of revealed himself to them. And then, uh, then we also looked at Jesus appearing on a beach, didn't we? And Jamie was cooking fish for us, wasn't he? Did we ever get any of that fish? I didn't get any, did you? No. And what happened to the fish? <laughs> uh, but that was a wonderful visual aid and a, and a, a smell aid, wasn't it? A smell vision It was like... Uh, it evoked the scene for us. Um, so, this morning, in the verses just before what Helen read, we, uh, we read this. He, that's Jesus, 
appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So we've looked at some of those occasions where Jesus comes to his disciples and what he's doing is speaking about the kingdom of God. And then we read this. Then they, that's the the disciples, gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Interesting question. It shows that they just haven't got the point of what Jesus has been speaking to them over the last 40 days. He's been speaking to them about the kingdom of God. And they ask, are you going to restore Israel to its former glory? I wonder what they're thinking he means by kingdom. They've got in mind that Jesus has come to, uh, to get rid of the Romans who've took over uh, Israel, who are um, oppressing the nation of Israel. So they want him to restore Israel to its glory, to, to being able to make their own decisions. Are you going to restore? I'm sure the people in Ukraine are, are, are praying those same things. Restore Ukraine uh, to itself so it can rule itself. It's a, it's a good thing to ask, isn't it? But, but Jesus has much more in mind Yes, he doesn't want other nations to, uh, to oppress Israel or any, any nation, but he's got something deeper and bigger in mind. As we will uh, pray a bit later in his prayer, in the Lord's Prayer, he tells us to pray to the Father God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom of God is something to do with connecting heaven and earth, uh, making heaven come to earth and the two becoming the same. God's kingdom being here. A bit later we'll sing a song and it's got this wonderful line in it. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. That's right, isn't it? Uh, So this kingdom has has far-reaching implications throughout the world, but it starts with you and it starts with me asking God to to be the boss of us, to set his rule and his reign in our heart, in that place within us that, that matters most. I read something this week which made me stop and think, I'm getting dizzy. Uh, I wish I had that energy. Um... So this is uh, a quote from a man called Dallas Willard. And this is what Dallas said. God's kingdom, or rule, is the range of his effective will where what he wants done is done. So when Jesus directs us to pray, thy kingdom come, he does not mean we should pray for it to come into existence. Rather, we pray for it to take over at all points in the personal, social and political order where it is now excluded. God's kingdom is coming. Will you let God's kingdom rule in you? 
And will you pray for God's kingdom to rule in our neighbourhood, in Bradford, in the UK, in the world? That's what we're praying when we're praying, thy kingdom come. I wonder, is that what we mean? Is that what, what we imagine when we pray, thy kingdom come? Because that's what Jesus has in mind. Will you let God rule in you? And then will you pray for God's rule to be evident in the world around you? Thy kingdom come. Uh, now, I'm sure the disciples, as um, Jesus is ascended, they're, they're thinking, but, but the king has gone. And we ourselves, I'm sure you've, you've thought this as, as I do, J- Jesus is not here with us. It's, it's quite hard for us, isn't it, to be Christians. Uh, what does it mean for us? As we've already thought about, in those 40 days, Jesus was actually preparing his disciples for the time when he wouldn't be physically with them. He's told them quite often, actually, that he's going away. So, how on earth can they carry on without him? How on earth can we carry on without Jesus being physically with us? Well, in the passage that Helen read, Jesus says this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Isn't that amazing? Jesus has told his disciples about this Holy Spirit lots of times. He says when he goes away, he will send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give us power. And what is the Holy Spirit giving us power for? What's the purpose? This is what Jesus says. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this is the primary purpose that that Jesus is sending the Holy Spirit to you and me, so that we can be witnesses. It's not primarily about a a personal experience for us, although that's important, isn't it? When we we feel the Spirit's presence and uh, joy comes to us, or, or we get convicted of our sin, or lots of other things that the Holy Spirit does, primarily the Spirit is given to us that we will be witnesses to Jesus. That's an interesting word, isn't it? A witness. If we think about a a court of law, the judge will call a witness and the witness will say what they... uh, they experienced. They were, there, they were present when this crime or whatever it was took place and they will say, this is what happened, this is what I saw, this is what I experienced. So this is what uh, Jesus has in mind saying to his disciples, you will be my witnesses. These are the people who've been with Jesus as he's uh, taught them, as he's healed people, as he's uh, risen people from the dead, and all sorts of things. They witnessed this. They've experienced this. I wonder what Jesus means for us, because he says the same things to us. You will be my witnesses. 
I think it means whatever uh, experience we have of Jesus, we need to be sharing that with other people. If you have any, I'm just trying to think of the passage, if you have any encouragement from knowing Jesus, I can't remember where this is. Where is it, Helen? Helen, I look to for Bible passages. If you have any uh, experience of Jesus being with you, share it with others. You know, um, do, you know, we don't we, we don't have to know every single line of the Bible, but we can tell people what Jesus means to us. That's what Jesus asked us to do. Actually, um, we don't have to, we're not called to argue people into into the kingdom. That that wouldn't work. But we are called to say what Jesus means to us. How what a difference He makes to our lives. But what comes next is interesting, isn't it? After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. He's gone. But this is a verse uh, that uh, Jesus shared with his Jesus says this to his disciples. in, in, that, in those, those uh, kind of, that teaching in, in John's gospel, he says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. So basically Jesus is saying, you won't receive the Spirit while I'm with you, but when I'm Gone. When I'm risen, risen, as Helen put it, uh, to my Father's glory, I'll send the Spirit to you. In the Apostles' Creed, which we'll read together in a bit, we read this about Jesus. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. So this is now what is happening. Jesus ascended into heaven. And this, these few words after the, the verse, he, has, he ascended into heaven, it says, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father. These words um, are very symbolic for us. I wonder what they mean. Seated. Jesus has done his work that he's been sent to earth to do, Now he sits down. He's done everything that is necessary for our salvation, for your salvation and mine. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to work to earn God's favour because Jesus gives it to us because of his, his sacrifice on the cross. Do you know that? Amen. Say amen. Let's be a Pentecostal for a minute. Amen. Good. Jesus has done everything necessary for your salvation. 
And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. The right hand in the Bible is symbolic of God's power and authority. Jesus has all authority. He says in in Matthew's Gospel, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus has all authority. That's good news, isn't it? Jesus has authority over everything. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, we pray it in the faith that Jesus has authority. Uh, Last week, Denise was uh, speaking to us about Jesus uh, speaking to Peter, wasn't it? That that wonderful passage. And um, I thought it was lovely how she, she, uh, she kind of unpicked that story for us that um, Jesus was reinstating Peter and um, he'd already said to Peter that the devil was going to uh, sift him and um, Jesus says, "You, you will not fail. Because Jesus is praying for Peter and Jesus is praying for us. That was wonderful what Denise reminded us of that last week. That Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. That's uh, a verse from Romans chapter 8. So Jesus at the right hand of the Father with all authority is interceding for us. Jesus is praying for you and me. Um, I wonder if you were here last week when, when Denise said... Picture Jesus sat next to you. Do you remember that? And she said, close your eyes and imagine what he's saying to you. I wonder what Jesus said to you. <laughs> this is dangerous. Shall I say what, he, uh, what I thought Jesus was saying to me? Jesus said to me, uh, be still, accept where you are. I don't know if this is just me. A lot of the time I think, I wish I was somewhere else or I wish I was somebody else. I wish I was better. I wish I could do something else. Do, do, does anybody else think? Okay. Um, but Jesus was saying to me, accept where you are. I am with you. I am with you. That was wonderful. And that made me think of this verse in... Um, Isaiah. It's a wonderful uh, picture of how God loves each one of us personally. In Isaiah, God says this. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. And I I like to imagine that uh, my name is written on God's hand because that's what it says. Here's a hand with my name on it. In a bit, uh, hopefully, if, if all's gone to plan, the children have, uh, have drawn around their hands and they've done enough. Is that this right, Jenny, so far? They've done enough for everybody. And we're all going to get a hand um, cut out of a piece of paper. And I'm going to ask you to write your name on this hand. Remembering that God has written your name on the palms of his hands. 
And then, with our handprint, we're going to do something else. Because a big part of what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life, and my life, is making you more like Jesus. Okay, that's the Spirit's job, to make you more like Jesus. And um, if Jesus is interceding for us, then he wants you to intercede for other people. He wants you to pray for other people. This is what Paul uh, says. I urge you then, first of all, that that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. Hopefully just a little bit at a time, not all at once. But, you know, we, we are called to pray for other people. So when you get your handprint... I want you to um, just pause and think of five people you could be praying for, interceding for. And particularly what I want you to think about is people that you want them, them to know the love of Jesus. So you want them to know Jesus, okay? And, uh, and I, I did that um, the other day. Actually, I... I've changed my mind about a few people because I need to focus on some people. But what I want you to do is, when you get this handprint, write the names of five people on the fingers. So your name's in the middle, five names on the fingers. This ties in with something that's happening in our nation and around our world. The, uh, the days between Ascension Day and Pentecost, there's this... Uh, global initiative of prayer called Thy Kingdom Come. And we're encouraged to pray for five. Pray for five people that you'd like to know the love of Jesus. Okay? Would you like to do that? Yeah? So, let me pray. And then, uh, as I'm praying, Jenny, perhaps we can be giving a handprint to each person... And um, we'll write, first of all, we'll write our name on the palm and the name of five people on the, uh, on the fingers. And then uh, when you've done that, Nick's going to play some music. And while the music's playing, we're going to hang our handprints on the tree. Is this going to work, Jenny? Have we got, uh, we're, we're getting there. So that we're going to hang our prayers on the tree here. Okay, let me pray. Lord Jesus, we remember that you said that the Holy Spirit will come upon us with power. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come upon us with power. We pray that you'll help us to be witnesses, witnesses to the love and the power and the grace of Jesus. And as we're praying, just... Remind us of five people that we can be praying for this week as we uh, come to Pentecost next Sunday. In Jesus' name.